I'm your host, Bree. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Bree podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have that conversation. Every week, we'll start my guest's bio, an intro to how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they brought to me that week. This week, I am joined by my guest, Ariana D'Andrado. Ariana, who uses she, her pronouns, is a holistic therapist, yoga teacher, advert traveler, and reader based in Austin, Texas, where she lives with her husband and cat. And before we start talking, I need everyone to know that we recorded this conversation for the first time back over the summer, fall, summer, and technology failed us. And so we're back to try again and it's going to be better and I'm really excited because our conversation was so good and I'm so (laughs) upset it got lost, but I'm excited to talk again. So... We're here for a take two slash take one. <laughs> round two. Round, round two. But round with, two. Yeah. Take two. Episode one. <laughs> but with some growth. With yeah, some growth. Uh, with some growth, some twists and turns. And yeah. Yeah. We were just talking before we started recording that you're actually moving soon. Mm-hmm. Leaving, after, leaving Austin after being here for how long? Eight. Over eight years. Wow. So long. Close to a decade. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah, as you know, I did my six-month sabbatical, and I had left after <laughs> seven and a half years. Yeah. I moved back to Connecticut for six months. Now I'm back. I've been, so we're, just, we're not counting it. We're, we're including it. It was like a little trip. Um, so almost eight years. But I, I was just telling you, I think my best friend asked last night, I was like, I'm just kind of in a rush. She goes, are you moving? I go, well, it's never not an option. And she's <laughs> like, what, what are you talking about? Cause like she's born and raised in Austin, loves it here. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I love it here. I just don't know if it's home forever. And like you and I yeah. just said, like Texas is just a hard place to live. Texas is hard. It keeps getting harder. Yeah. Like that's awesome. I will say Austin as you and I have yeah. both lived here and like, Hey, when we moved here, I'm, I don't know if you got this, but I got your part of the problem. <laughs> yeah, I, it was 26. Yeah, about 2016. Yeah. yeah. And, but I've, you know, I will, I will own that, but I'll also be like, but I have been here and it's in, mm-hmm. in the eight years I've been here, it's even changed even more. And I didn't do that. <laughs> I was like, this is. Yeah, that's, that's where it's like, now I feel like I'm one of those people. That's mm-hmm. why I said it. Who's like, it's changed even more in pandemic. It really changed. Mm-hmm. And it's so expensive. Well, now that they're doing paid, like pay parking on South Congress. I was like, I, I didn't know. do that. That was not me. Yes. And now they build like all those, like there's an Hermes store in South Congress. Yes. And I'm like, what happened? Like, it's, it's charm. Wild. It's kind of like shifting. Gone. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really hard if you don't have that, like those Texan roots mm-hmm. to keep you grounded. It's it's hard to yeah. say that this is the city. It's a young city. Sure. And 
I'm in my 30s, so maybe I'm not in my 20s anymore. So, yeah. And now I was just talking about that. I was like, I'll be 34 in March, so about three weeks. Mm. Are you and a I'm Pisces? Just, I am a Pisces. Um, ah, it's your season. It, thank you. Thank you. Um, my Sag Moon really does show herself, though. Like, I identify uh, deeply with my Sag Moon. She's, oh, yeah, you want to? You have itches to go. Oh, yes, I love luxury, and I also always want to travel. But then also my Taurus rising, like I love stability, but I'm uh-huh. also very sure. Like once I have made up my mind, like I get a little stubborn. I'm like, I know myself, <laughs> and I know what I want. And you know, talking about that moving of like a friend of mine was on a couple weeks ago. She's moving. She moved from Austin to DC, and actually moving from DC, she's going back home, North Carolina. You're oh. talking about going home back to Arizona. Mm-hmm. And it's yep. that interesting notion too of like, do we all just end up going back in some way, shape, or form? Of like, I don't know if I'll ever live in Connecticut again, but I know I'll for sure end up on the East Coast, the Northeast mm-hmm. Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, of just like like you're saying like that charm like once you know what you know of like I have loved my time in Austin and I still do, um, but yeah I don't know if I could <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be forever here and it's 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 an interesting thing to to come to terms with. Yeah, I love I loved Austin. This is where I went to grad school. This is mm-hmm. where I met my husband. This is where I spent so much of my twenties. Like so grateful. Mm-hmm. For everything Austin, it was a landing pad for me in so many beautiful ways. Million percent. And this is something I, something I say as a therapist is and a lot. Multiple mm-hmm. things are true mm-hmm. at once. And I don't want to, I don't want to stay here too long and get bitter about some of the things mm-hmm. like the traffic, the parking, the cost of living. You know, it's hard. Yeah. What the freezes that like, you know. I don't know if I could, I don't want to not like it, this place that was so healing for me. So I'd rather leave. Mm-hmm. And it's always going to be here. Like you call it a sabbatical. That's beautiful. Yeah. Like if, if I need to come back, I need to come yeah. back. But I also think there's something really cool about going home mm-hmm. after I've had all these experiences. Probably won't stay there long, long term. I think I'll stay somewhere West, but I don't know if I'll stay there. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to go home. I like, it feels like something I want to try as an adult. Yeah, it was very awakening for me of like most of my friends back home are either in serious relationships, married, have kids, and I'm I'm not there in my life journey currently, which is fine. You know, the track doesn't exist. We'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but that whole adage of like you can't go home again, that did change for me of like it's a new experience because I've changed so much in obviously the now eight years. Like, I have friends who I love a lot, and we were at, I don't know why this is in my head, but we were at a baby shower for a friend of ours, and two of the husbands were making, like, gender jokes, and I was like, Mm. and we are not (laughs) the same people anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm not the same person, because I was like, oh, like, old me would be like, it's not that big a deal, like, just just stay, you're having a great time, and I went over to him, like, I was like, we need to unpack this gender joke you think is so funny, like, in the middle of the party, I was like, I cannot let this go. Because yeah. you're going to be in this baby's life and let's say this baby is non-binary or trans or even if they are cisgender, it's still not okay. Pla- it, yeah, it's not okay. Like I and, you know, a friend of mine who's there, he's gay. I'm queer. We're just very much like and he's a therapist. And we we're both like, this is this is not <laughs> okay. Mm. So I think about that, too, of like how much I have grown of like I used to be such a people pleaser and so passive. And I'm like, no, like 
you can still love that Brie, but she doesn't live here anymore. <laughs> like she needs to tell yeah. you this is not going to fly. And then I left the party uh, after I, <laughs> I, dropped, I was like, I'm going to talk to you about this and then I'm going to go. And that's wow. all you need. And I was like, I went, I came, did my gift. That was at the end of the party. I was like, that's my cue to leave. But I'm going to talk to you first. And mm. Yeah, and I and I don't feel guilty or bad, and I didn't no. feel uncomfortable, and I was just very much like, I want you to feel uncomfortable in this moment. Two cis hetero white men in America feel uncomfortable. Need to be checked for a moment by a queer black woman who's gonna make like, you know. Yes. <laughs> if if not me, then who? Because because you know them. Also, can they can they hold space because mm-hmm. they know you? And I I think it's I don't want to keep be the person that I was then. Absolutely. Like when you go home, I hope they can hold space for the growth I've had. Mm. And if they can't, then I can go home and create a new version mm. of home. Yeah. Is what I'm hoping. I don't know yeah. if it'll hold up, but like I'm hoping I can create a new version and show up how I am now. Because yeah. this is who I am now. And Austin is part of that and all the growth I've had there. Yeah. And I think about that too of like the beauty of leaving and going back, of being like, I am still like my foundation's the same. Maybe it's a different exterior. Maybe yeah. it's different, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I'm still the same person, you know, and love. I've just had a growth experience that I think only comes from traveling leaving. and moving mm-hmm. away and leaving of like, you know, I have friends who have never lived outside of Connecticut, never lived outside our mm-hmm. hometown. And I'm like, and we're one point friend, this one person thing about in particular, never went away, never moved away, still lives in the same place. And she and I are no longer friends. And I'm like, I wonder if she would have had the time to move away and like learn how to have uncomfortable conversations and be mm-hmm. willing to be called out in a way she never was in our friendship. And I'm always like, God, I'm like so happy. I was I challenged myself in that way to uh, to help with my my own personal growth. So I'm excited for you. I'm excited to see what happens. Well, TBD. I, I'm really looking at it as I don't. Yeah, once again, I don't know if I'll stay there long term. I think it's so hard to know, and that's okay. But yeah. I I just wanted to try. I just yeah. wanted to try. And, like, I'm married, and I'm bringing my Texan husband out of Texas. Mm. And you know what? I think that's really good for him. <laughs> I think it's really good for him. I, I so. think everyone should live somewhere else for at least a year. Yes. Yes. Like, it's one of those things like traveling privilege. We say Mm -hmm. this with acknowledgement of the privilege to travel abroad, Mm -hmm. to live in another state. It's such a humbling. I don't even know what other word to use, but it's like humbling and beautiful. And so I'm, yeah, we're going to see how it goes. And if it's not it, it's not it. That's also okay, too. I also think about like the level of freedom you get to experience when you get to move to a new place of like no one knows you slash yeah. you don't owe anybody anything like you get like I think about the first the first time when I moved here and I was 26 I was like I'm gonna be the most authentic version of myself because I get to start over in a way I never had like growing up where I grew up like everyone knew me I went to college one town over like I just was in this bubble for 26 years and so I think about that for your husband now like his first time living outside of Texas I'm like oh interesting let's see how well, this goes He's from DFW, so he's moved cities, but you know how to state, but states is still like, it's just, it's different. And yeah, I want him to, I want him to experience life outside of his bubble. And I also want, I didn't leave home in a way that felt good to me. If I'm honest, I ran like Mm. hell. And so what is it like if I do go back and I do leave again in a way that's healthy? 
and a choice versus running is mm. such a different thing. Mm-hmm. So I, it's a little bit of a challenge to me because it wasn't first on my list. I was like, no, I'll go somewhere else. And then, wow. Yeah. It's where I'm going. Here we are going back to Arizona. <laughs> okay. Well, I also... I also find this really interesting because the our our topic is actually to talk about surviving not talking to one of your parents and yes I love that we're just we just like jumped right into moving because it's it's an interesting thing to think about how like I know you for background story you didn't invite your dad to your wedding you guys don't have a relationship no you and I talked about how me and my dad haven't had a relationship since I was maybe 15 16 years old um and a big one of the big reasons I moved back home when I did was my father's when I had spoke to him last, my father was in the middle of a divorce from his wife who I don't like. Now okay. my dad started dating about two months after my mom died. By yeah. the end of I was fifteen turning sixteen. Yeah. By the end of that year, his girlfriend and her two kids had moved into our house. So a lot of change wow. trauma not considering my feelings like no it's such a pivotal time to lose a parent a mom for pivotal time and my mom my mom and i were very close yeah she was my like main parent like my parents were 24 and they had me my dad worked two jobs my mom was the one who like came to everything taught me most of the stuff i knew like how to be very independent how to like be very like assured of myself and like to be to like love myself in a way that i didn't even know till i got older was possible and you know, so all this, this, these changes are happening. He gets, he ends up getting married when I'm 18. So about two years after, um, and that's when I moved out because we had a really big fight and he essentially chose his wife and her kids over me, which mm, I, is a heart. Yeah. Which therapy. <laughs> so I had therapy when I was 15. I've been with my therapist now for two years. Shout out to Brittany. Like I say, every episode, God uh, bless her. Shout out um, to her. Yeah. Uh, Brittany deserves everything in life. I just, I want, <laughs> if I ever hit the mega million, Brittany is set for life because she deserves. Um, but so last year, well, almost two years ago now, 20, October of 2020, no, June of 2022, he told me that he was getting divorced from his wife. Okay. He called with this whole big apology of, you know, I'm sorry I chose them over you. And now, you know, for background, my dad never came to anything I did. I did volleyball, mock trial, ballet, karate. My dad never came to anything. The minute he had two stepsons, never missed a football game, ever. Yeah, that, there's so, such a difference. It's like I have such eyes, like, I have eyes, I have feelings, like, you can I try to aware. say it. Yeah, I see the difference. Like, you can't hide from that. Yes. And so, like... It took a lot to get to a place in with my therapy and with my therapy journey of like his behaviors as a father does not mean that I was unworthy of a good father, of a good parent. Yeah. His behaviors are a reflection of me as a person. Mm, no. I had to unpack a lot of like my daddy issues were abandonment of like I'm never gonna be, quote, worthy enough of a relationship yeah. if my own father abandoned me what does that mean about me and it took a long time to get to where Mm. i am now like you how you react to me if i've done nothing to you is not my business i will own like if i've hurt you if i've been like i'm all about ownership but in 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 the case of our relationship it was like he made conscious choices during our whole relationship yeah that i just will never ever understand especially now that i work at a preschool and i we have 96 kids and i I saw that Mm. (laughs) 
My mom is the director of a preschool. So I've been around (laughs) I have been around that my whole life. And I just don't understand, like, me who just met these kids six, seven months ago now, I love these children. And they're not even my children. And so it's also really helped heal my inner child of, like... Mm. this had nothing to do with me. Like no, I get to kind of heal myself in the relationships I have with these kids and with my friends' kids and with my nephews of like all that stuff. And so again, he called in June of 2022 saying that he was getting divorced and this whole apology and whatever, whatever. And so I told him at the time, I was like, you know, I'm moving back because I got this job offer because okay. I, was look, I was looking for a job to move back. I was like, I'm moving back because I want to move back because I miss being home. I wanted my oldest nephew starting high school, like all these mm. different things. And I was like, if in that time you and I can heal a relationship, I'm open to that. Okay. He then decides in October to retire from his job and move to Maryland to help his oh. brother with his business. Okay. That makes he, sense. He also then tells me, you know, once the divorce is final, I want you to have the house that your my your mother and I bought for you. Sure, James, got it. Fast Which, forward to wow, that's huge. Fast forward to today. Buckle up. Nothing has changed. We are yeah. in the same exact position. Mm-hmm. Not to tell his business, the divorce isn't going well. I don't really care for her. So who yeah. cares? Um, but you know, my dad is always has always been this like big promiser with small deliverables sort of mm-hmm. person of like mm-hmm. he means well in the grand yeah. scheme but actually putting it into effect is not what happens which i think is why i'm the exact opposite like if i say something i'm gonna do it because i think i saw my whole life of like actually what it looks like yeah correct to not do it correct and so you know we were we were having a, a, a pretty good cadence for a while of like i want to help like i want to have a relationship I want to grow and it got to a point where like it was me giving so much of myself for very little return yeah like it wasn't really like he wasn't being honest he wasn't being vulnerable he wasn't really calling yeah. he wasn't putting in effort and I, and I got to a point like I'm done like I'm just done done trying of like I went 90 you have not gone 10 and I'm not going the other 10 like I can't keep doing this to myself yeah. and you know, we had a really big blow up conversation of like the stuff happening in the divorce. And you know, sure. some, we talked about some money stuff, which my dad has not financially supported me since I was like 18. Like, OK, I've, I've been on my own since I was 18. It gets tight sometimes, but we still, you know, I've done pretty well for myself in the grand scheme. And so to definitely. Hear, thank you. And yeah. so to hear him talk about the financial aspects of his divorce how much he's going to give her to get out of this divorce. Like, just a lot of stuff that wasn't clicking. And then we're on the mm. phone. I'm like, I'm I like, I'm going to hang up with you because I'm getting upset. And I don't want to blow up. And I don't want to be rude and hang up on you. But I need to go. And he's like, so mature. Just, Thank you. Therapy. Yeah. Um, th- like, you can't engage. You can't engage. I can't engage. You could have. But where was it going to get you? Nowhere. Nowhere. And he would have just dragged it out and whatever. So I was like, I'm going to go. So I hang up and I sent him a, a like a text so long, you know how iPhone will change it to like a new screen, like yeah. that's how long that text was. Yeah, of just going through of like, hi, moving forward in our relationship, I need to set boundaries with you, and I'm going to write them down so you can reread them because I don't think you hear me when I say them. And okay, it was a whole list of things, and 
uh, of I want no contact. And when we do have contact, we're not talking about money or your divorce. We don't we don't have a good relationship. We're not friends. I do not trust you. You you need to do the work to rebuild. But at the same time, I'm not in a place right now where I want that where I trust you enough to let you in. Okay, which is also very vulnerable. Like, right. Can we also say that was also vulnerable and a lot of work on your end? All our relationship is work on my end, if I'm being honest. But that's the difference. Like, that's where it's like, yes, you're an adult, but you're an adult child. And he is a parent. Mm -hmm. So, hello? He Like, are you there? No. And... I've now unpacked my therapist, my dad with my therapist, and we've 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 figured some things out. But two weeks yeah. later, two weeks later, he calls and leaves a message after I told him no contact. Two yeah. weeks later, he calls me a message. I then text him like, "Hi, reread that last text right. that I sent it's you. Clear, clear as day. Do not call. Do not text. I'll let you know." And so we have not spoken at all probably since November. Um, and I've gone to Connecticut. Have not told him. November twenty twenty three. 2023 yeah. yeah 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 and that's and the big blow up kind of happened october 2023 so it's just been like a two almost a two-year journey now of like i tried and you know yeah. when you get to the place where you're just done and you're like yeah i'm just done like my best friend's mom just called and she's we've talked about him a lot she's like i'm so sorry i was like you know i appreciate that and i and i yeah. understand the sentiments i go but it's truly his loss like i don't yes miss him he just brings so much anxiety to my life and it's actually it's been fine (laughs) it i think when you get to that place of you know there's nothing more i can do it's such a it's such a hard place like the grief over over not having a parent who's alive and you've had not having a parent who's not alive right Mm -hmm. who's passed like there's such a difference in that grieving that i'm sure you intimately know but grieving Mm -hmm. somebody who's alive is such a weird process Mm -hmm. because they are there they do make half-assed attempts of something that is nothing like okay that wasn't a real that was not a real anything but i'm glad it cleared your conscience Mm-hmm. yeah and that's the thing i think about my dad is like he pantomimes being a good parent or being a good person yeah. and my dad has gotten away his life with like doing the bare minimum although my dad hates like a participation trophy he wants a parent a participation yeah. trophy like you I, you were clothed you were fed you right. were for nothing i'm like but you weren't a good parent and like his right. biggest thing too was like he didn't like his dad and his biggest fear was like his kids not liking him and yeah. I was like, but you kind of became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like you. Not kind of. He did. You truly became. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, and I just will never get it of like, I, um, my godfather, my my godmother, they're essentially my adoptive parents. And we're, mm. I'm, in, I'm in a group chat with them and their kids. And it's like a daily conversation of like the, mm. the whole lot of us. And so when people are like, I'm so sorry about your dad, I go, but I truly believe that like my mom, God, universe, whoever you believe in knew that I would need them and like made it possible that it would like, so I don't feel like I'm missing anything. I don't feel. Yeah. I've just gotten really indifferent about him, which I think is such a sad place to be with your parent. Yeah. But I'm also like, but I have to, I have to put myself first in a way he never did in the time that, and since I was 16 he yeah. has never considered putting me first. Yeah. And I'm like, and that, and I, and I can empathize of like, now he wants to try. Like my dad has been, he's had cancer twice. Like, I've gone okay. through some, yeah. some of my own stuff. And I'm just like, 
but I just feel like you haven't learned anything. And so, you know, I, I talked to Brittany about this of like, I, I hate that the way I learned how to have such clear boundaries had to come at the expense of me having to set them with my only living parent. Yeah, that's where that is such a hard, hard line. You know, we, we get good at boundaries because we, how else do we do it, right? It's, you know, my I, mine's a little bit different in the sense of I do have, my mom is living. Mm-hmm. I will say that my dad has been in, an abuser to my mother and us my entire life. And they didn't get a divorce until it was finalized last year at in the summer. And, you know, there was no her without him. Mm, If when there, when you live in an abusive relationship and for as long as they did decades, you know, it was there like this. She's not going to go against anything he says. And that's how it is. Mm-hmm. even when it's wrong. And so it was really, you know, a lot of what's been happening for me and my mom is her realizing that she was in an abusive relationship because she, I don't think, understood the extent of it. Mm-hmm. And so I think what's what I feel grateful for is that I have a mom who actually divorced him. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was in my 30s. Or I had just, like, turned 30, maybe... 31 when she started the process and that's also she created some of this mm-hmm, so yep mm-hmm. but I feel grateful that I can have a relationship with her now in a way I've never been able to have a relationship with her sure. so I think that's a little bit helpful for me is that I do have my mom to be there mm-hmm. so I think that that's helpful that she divorced my dad yeah and I, I guess too like how did you how did your process of like ending the relationship with your father go because I you know we started at the beginning by me saying like your dad wasn't at your wedding and now you're, you're yeah. talking about how your mom and him got divorced but there's a whole there's whole threat <laughs> there's a yeah. whole a whole story there yes multiple stories <laughs> but, okay so I you know my dad was abusive my whole life and then mm. I went to college and I was like wait your family didn't wait what your parents check in on you wait what your parents didn't do that whoa like it was really life-altering for me to go to college and realize not all families operated like mine Mm -hmm. I kind of understood it but when you live in abuse it's so insular and they isolate you so deeply Mm -hmm. that I didn't fully I could see glimpses but I didn't fully get that like other people's lives didn't look like mine I knew it was different, but I don't think I understood the extent of it. Mm-hmm. So when I, but they were paying for my college. So oof, strings, 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 or at least helping me mm-hmm. like, you know, and so I t- took space, but I also had to still have them in my life because there was, you know, they were contributing to some financial degree. Mm-hmm. So I could only have so much space. And then when I was 23, I moved to Austin. And I was like, okay, peace. And so I just kind of ran. And I lived here and we didn't talk much, but we, you know, I have younger siblings. And one of my younger siblings is, I was 12 when she was born. So much younger. So I still wanted contact with them. So I'd stay in contact with my parents because they would do something. You don't talk to me. You can't talk to your siblings. Mm -hmm. That was like their favorite line. So 
then we would have some space, but I would still go home for holidays and I would still see them because it was like, okay, I want to see my siblings and my mom to a certain degree. So I just had to kind of, I would say, play nice and play along with his rules. Mm-hmm. He didn't he didn't like what I had to say, then I had to be quiet at a certain level. Which, you know, I would push back, but also to a certain level. Right. Because, you know, as an abuser, who knows if what I would say, he would take it out on my siblings or my mom. And like, I believed he would. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just a lot of distance. And I would go home and be like, yeah, I'm coming home for Christmas. Great. Smile. Let's take pictures. Like, very fake. Very superficial, no talk of our childhood. If I if I even alluded to like, no, like there was trauma because I was in therapy as soon as I moved to Austin, and I was just alluding. If I even alluded to there was trauma, he's like, "What are you talking about?" Mm. I was like, oh, "Okay, so that's not gonna happen." Right. And then my dad got he had heart surgery, a quadruple bypass, when in twenty twenty one, which is not casual. <laughs> And he was in his 50s, his late 50s. So obviously, like, he's not fully healthy either. And I went home to help. And recovery, once again, the sense of obligation. I was just like, okay, like, this is what families do. But okay. And so I went home to help. And how he acted after surgery was terrifying. Terrifying. He became that abuser that I knew growing up. Mm. he reverted back to so many patterns and he treated me awfully when I came to help. He was so, so rude to me. He did a very abusive and controlling thing to my 17-year-old sister at the time. And I was just like, "Here here we are. Here we are again. Like, you did that to me when I was 17. Now you're doing it to her okay Mm. it was just it was this act and that he did and then he threatened to kick her out a 17 year old with no resources and he wasn't going to give her any and he had kicked me out at the same age when I didn't uh, when I didn't agree with something that he did to me that was abusive Mm. and he'll make you live on the streets I wish I you know I know he would Mm -hmm. so he did that to my sister and I was like no I'm sorry no no, I don't agree with this anymore. So I'm not going to play pretend anymore either. Like this is, you know, the whole time my family, when I was away, they're like, he's better. His anger isn't as bad. He's older. And I would, I was just like, I don't, Mm-mm. I'm not getting involved. I, I kept it very short and superficial with him. And then I saw that and I was like, yeah, I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. Who could do that? Like, mm, mm, I don't care if you just had heart surgery. You don't, you don't do that. So that was the last time I really talked to my dad and he was screaming in my face even and saying, I don't care. Get the fuck out of my house. Spend your last night here in a hotel. I didn't need you to take care of me. Fuck you. And I was like, great. Cool. I took off time off work, came to help you, drove you to appointments. Okay. I'll just spend my last night in a hotel. I'll do that. And I wasn't even the one who had an interaction with him. I just Mm -hmm. said, Hey, whoa, this is too much. Because no one was stopping the physical interaction, so I did. I mean, he couldn't really be physical, but he was screaming in my sister's face like this and trying to reach for her. He was just so weak. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I just said, hey, look, we're going to stop this. This is, you said your piece. This is inappropriate. And then he turned to me and... So I spent my last night in a hotel. I flew home to Austin and I was like, yeah, so I'm not going to have a relationship with him anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm done. I will never talk to you again. That's it. Like, we're just done. And I did it. And then my parent, my mom left him. And he blamed me for the divorce. He said I used my therapy degree because I had graduated from with my master's to manipulate my fifty something year old mother into divorcing him. Mm-hmm. Right. Of course you did. Of course. So I used my Jedi mind powers of having a. If you knew anything oh, about also, my degree yeah, also in ethics, your mom has no thoughts of her own. So she it's has only no. Th- yeah. So she is a mindless puppet. She has no thoughts of her own. If you knew my degree, you know, like I. That's not how it works to be a yeah. therapist. Like, she's my parent. There is no objectivity here. That's not. But okay. Like, you can't even justify that with a response. So he went and told all my family members. And he's an immigrant. So, like, a South Asian immigrant. So he has a huge family network. He went and told everyone. Oriana is the reason we're getting divorced. She poisoned. Teresa says she poisoned her. So, like. Yeah, so, so certain people didn't talk to me, didn't wish yeah. for my... Ugh. Right, so he blamed me for it. And I was like, what are you talking about? Because I told you what you did was not okay. Like, and then didn't talk to you again? Like, cool. Yeah, that's my fault. So he went and said all these things. I didn't respond, even though I was very hurt and pissed. I just didn't respond. Mm-hmm. And then I started the intense grief work of with my therapist of if that's how my parent sees me and they're going to say these things about me, then we don't need to have a conversation. What am I going to say? He wouldn't even mm-hmm. say it. There's what nothing do to that? do. What do I do with it? So then I just, then I just you pick it up. Pick I agree. Figure it out. Yeah. I agree. I mean, my, my dad says some of the most horrible things you could say. And I'm his daughter. Same. I Truly broke same. up his I broke up his marriage? Oh, not that you abused her? Okay, mm-hmm. casual. Sure, it's my fault. Not that you cheated on her? Like, are you yeah. joking? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Not that you abused her children. No, I broke up your marriage with my Jedi mind tricks being a therapist. Totally. Right. I'll take that on. Well, it's, okay. inter- it's interesting, too. Like, my therapist, who has never met my dad, so she can't, she's like, I can't legally diagnose right, this. Right, right. Sounds like your father has narcissistic tendencies. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And so I'm just listening to what you're saying about like the familial isolation and the blame and like there's no ownership and like the gaslighting. And I'm mm-hmm. like thinking about my dad, who I feel like got away with murder his whole life until yep. I told him no. Yeah. And I could tell no one else in his life has ever told him no. And, I, oh. and it, mm-hmm. it, was, it was a fit. He was like, but I'm your dad and blah, blah, blah. I was like, you, okay. What is that? I was like, if... And so I tell my grandmother all the time, his mom, she's like, well, I just want everyone to get along. I go, if my, if this was any other man talking to me this way, you would be fine with me and talking to him ever again. Yeah. And, and that's when my friend was like, oh, shit. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, Yeah. I'm glad she heard you. Like, his mom, I love her. But, like, to the, even now, she's like, oh, you're moving home? Like, oh, shouldn't we repair this? Like, I was like, no. Mm-hmm. I was just like, you know, I just let her talk and I say nothing. And she's like, you have bitterness in your heart. I was like, but I don't. Like, yeah. you know. This is called I don't. freedom. <laughs> yeah. And like, I have, you know, and I'm sure there could be more waves of grief. I have, I grieve so hard. 
-hmm. And I was so sad and it could more could come up. But, you know, when I came to my wedding, which was short, was like, you know, this happened uh, August 2021 and I got married like May 2023. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think about inviting him because he would ruin the day. Mm -hmm. He would ruin the day and make it about him. And, you know, it's not because I don't like him. It's not even because I'm mad at him anymore. Like, I see. I see he's an immigrant who came here at 18. I see that there's racism aspects here. I see his childhood and growing up in a war-torn country of Sri Lanka. Like, I see. And that's not an excuse to treat me the way that you did. I am your child. And you are not sorry. And if you're not sorry, then and you think you have nothing to apologize for, then you don't. And he does it. And he, you know, what's interesting is, of course, he found out I'm moving home, which is is an hour away from him. Shout out to Phoenix being a big city, probably. You know. And he texted me last week. He's He texted me. So he likes to text me every holiday okay. and say, like, so even like Valentine's Day, happy Valentine's Day. I say nothing. Like, there's just a whole thread of me saying nothing. No, it's like, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Christmas. Happy birthday. Happy Valentine's Day. And he found out I moved home. And so then he texted me last week. And he's like, Ariana, if I did something to piss you off, I apologize. Dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. That's not an apology. Also, do you not know? Like, well, oh, come on. Uh, you want me to spell it out to you? Like, mm-hmm. what you did? Like, are that, you that, sure? That dad apology, like, if I did something, I apologize. Oh, like, I'm sorry that I hurt you. But what did you do? Like, I need the ownership. I need you to the South. Like, to be aware. What did you do? You're a grown up. You're not in kindergarten. Even my yeah. kindergartners know what they did wrong. Like, uh, yeah, as an educator, you're are working in the education yeah, system. Like, like, a five year old could apologize better than you. And, you know, for me, like, I was, yeah. For a long time, I was like, maybe my dad will be better. Maybe. And, you know, I really was like, maybe, maybe. Because I wanted him to be something different, you know? Like, I was like, because they would all, I was the only one in my family who would really, like how you said you were the only one who would say no to him. A lot of my family members, even my siblings, enabled him because it was too scary to like, Mm. oh, it wasn't that bad. Our childhood wasn't really abusive. Mm. He did feed us. He did contribute to our education, of course, of course, I'm not minimizing those things, but yes, it was. Yes, like yeah, both that, things can be true. He could yeah. have provided and also been abusive, but he was a provider, mm-hmm. and I am yes, I have privilege from the providing. I will say mm-hmm. that, and uh, you know, an immigrant in this country making a name for himself—that's not easy. And you were a provider, not a father, and those are two mm-hmm. very, very different things. And now that I'm an adult, I don't need you to provide mm-hmm. for anymore, so we don't have a connection. Mm. Yeah, that I've had to tell my father more than once of like, I am your child, I'm not a child. Yes. So you missed out on so much of like you will. He didn't come to my. I invited. We weren't even talking. I invited him to come to my college graduation. He didn't show up. Um, you know, we've just, all this stuff has happened and, and, uh, you know, I've moved, I've moved away, I moved back, like, and I'm just like you, I have currently in my life, I've decided I'm not having children. And so I'm Mm. like, okay. But for a long time, I was like, okay, if I did have kids, I don't think I would let him even have access to them. And like, right. And I'm just like, and it's, and it's not, 
and for me like he wasn't abusive but in a way he was too like emotionally and right that's valid yeah and so i'm like i and then i would feel guilt of like you know when he was sick i stayed around like we weren't even talking and he it was he was he had turned 50 so i was like 25 26 so we were we hadn't talked in like six years um but you know when he got sick i went to his 50th birthday and was all like smile we have one picture together and I, you can tell how comfortable i am like this is so fake like i've gotten so used to you not being in my life and yeah even now like you know like my mom her the anniversary of her passing just happened and i mm-hmm. always post a little thing for her and he commented i love you and i was just saying to my friend's mom like my dad does he says i love you now so often that it means nothing to me he does mm-hmm. it as a way to pl- like play at my heartstrings because he never said it to me when i was growing up but to wow. me, it means nothing. It means nothing to me. I'm yeah. Like, I love, like, and I love you for him means, is just like, I'm avoiding responsibility <laughs> is how well, I take it. You can love, he might love you in his own way. Is it convoluted, whatever. Sure. Like, sure, you can define it as love. Because my dad actually does the same thing. He'll try mm. to say, I love you. And I'm, you know, I don't talk to him, but like, you know, he'll, mm-hmm. he'll go through my siblings who choose they have different levels of communication with him which is their own journey and he'll say like tell ariana i love her it's like maybe you do sure maybe in your own way you love me as an extension of you do you love me for me no you don't ariana that's good you don't like you they love he he might say it as like oh like i feel like oh he might meet it in that moment i love you you post about your mom and obviously that was his wife but does he try you can say that do you try to have a relationship with me do you know me do you know what my life looks like do you know my heart do you if i asked my dad what was my most like if i even asked him what my favorite book was he would have no idea that's such a basic question Mm-hmm. do you know my favorite book do you know who i am do you see me so you can say i love you but who are you saying i love you to oh the product of your offspring are you saying i love you to me as a person mm-hmm. and i don't know if your dad feels that no, way, but that's how i feel when my dad says that. that that part you just said of like you can't love something you don't know almost of like you don't yeah. know me anymore and that's why i try to explain him like you don't know me anymore no i am no not- idea you know, I am the the compilation of everything I've been through, but I am a person now who, like, I don't think my dad would know the ballpark of my favorite movie if I asked him. I'm like, which you is know so nothing basic. About me. Yeah, you know nothing about me. And I, the older I get, the more I'm like, doesn't that make you sad that you don't know your child? That's, what, that's where I think it's where you said earlier. I thought that was so. That's what I think. Like, that's their loss. Like, I'm not doing it to punish him. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it because me interacting with him is more harmful mm-hmm. than it is helpful. Yeah. And it's for him. It's for him to feel better because I always feel worse. But I also think about that, too, of like back before I would allow him to call me two things he would only call me if he saw a family member or a friend who brought me up so he would call and be like oh i just saw your grandmother and she told me she saw you blah, blah. i'm like you can just call me like you don't have to have a prerequisite to call your child and then two he would only call to have ammo of a conversation for the next time he saw someone so like yep. a child like one of our one of the families we grew up with steve and terry shout out they, they saw him <laughs> one day and they're like, oh, how's Brie doing? He goes, oh, she's good. 
And I go, I said to him, like, it's not embarrassing you don't know how I'm, how I'm, I'm like, aren't you embarrassed that you know nothing about your only biological child? You know nothing about Right, him. and that's where you're an only, and, like, that, mm-hmm. like, what? What? It's, like, that is, it's wild. I, like, I felt embarrassed for a really long time because I felt, you know, a lot of people mm-hmm. don't understand estrangement, and, like, the first mm-hmm. time... We did the recording and we talked a lot about that. And mm-hmm. what I hope people get out of this is that it is okay to be estranged. It doesn't make mm-hmm. you a bad person. I get that you feel obligated. Like, that you're an only with this, your only living parent. And you, mm-hmm. of course, you would want a relationship with him if it was different. Mm-hmm. It's you bring, not. You saying that I have so many friends right now who are going through this with their parents and so they all ask me for advice of like you have really set the precedence of how to respectfully set boundaries with your parent in a way that like every every time he says something I just again like veer it back I'm like read that previous text because and this is why I texted him because he doesn't absorb it he will not listen my dad doesn't listen to understand yeah. he listens to re- he listens to respond but he's not even he listens that so that he has something to talk about um that that and so my friend right now they are going through a thing with their father who isn't respectful of the boundaries who doesn't listen who if they tried to withhold conversation they're like their dad would throw a fit and i was like their reaction is not your responsibility no no it's such a huge lesson and and they are really having a tough time with that i'm like i understand that this may upset them or trigger them but you have to respect yourself more than you respect them and respect yourself more than they respect you they do not respect you and 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 this one you need to teach them what that means of like i love you enough i love myself enough to not to distance myself from you because you taught me how to love myself i go just turn it right back around and like even if they weren't like set boundaries and i'm like you taught me to, to about self-sufficiency and about self-respect and you are not respecting me and because you're just because you're my parent does not mean i have to allow you to disrespect me and it has been very hard for a lot of my friends I mean, it's, we grow up in this culture, especially being raised in America. And, you know, once again, my dad is an immigrant. So there's Mm -hmm. a huge emphasis on collectivism in, Mm -hmm. you know, that side of my family. And then, but I was raised in America. So there is, there's still a little bit of, it's individualistic culture here, but there is still like their family, no matter what they do, you talk to them. And it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, no matter what they do, because as you said earlier, if any man talked to you, like if any person treated mm-hmm. me objectively the way that he's treated me and they haven't apologized genuinely sincerely they don't offer repair they don't also try to treat me better when i have given them chances in the past mm-hmm. what what do you do with that person you yeah. usually wouldn't allow them in your Distance. life right and not out of hatred but out of hey like you know i would love to have a relationship with you that looked different mm. and I can't keep deluding myself that we're we're this father daughter that we're not, mm-hmm. and that's you know. Mm-hmm. And in twenty twenty one, that's what I decided was. And at that time, my mom was still married to him, so like I also said, I can't see you then. I get you guys are in this mm-hmm. abusive codependent relationship. Like, yeah, I'm. If you're with him, I'm not gonna pick up the call. I don't mm-hmm. want to talk about him. I don't want to hear about him. That's your journey if you choose to stay with him. But I'm not coming home to visit both of you. That's done. Right. 
And if that means I'm cut off from the family, I guess that's what it means. Like my mm -hmm. siblings are, you know, my last one's almost 18. They will get choices. And if that is, so be it, so be it. Like I'm not, I can't pretend anymore that this mm -hmm. is what it is to make him feel better right. when he keeps harming me. You just said two things that really triggered something in my brain. The first part of like being raised in America by whatever family status we're in I think of that often too of like both being black and being religious of like yeah. the, the guilt that I felt like the guilt that was pushed upon me specifically for my grandmothers like they met they met well both my dad's mom and my mom's my late grandmother she recently passed two years ago through three years ago now oh my god time is wild um but you know the grandmother I lived with for a while she was both of them are staunchly religious like mm -hmm. like by the book bible of like respect your parents and i was like and so we had to have this conversation all the time because they're like i want you and your dad to do better i go i i want my dad to do better and this guilting me is it's not doing it is not doing it and also you're you're now in turn causing me harm because you are now wanting me you're essentially victim blaming me for setting this boundary yes with this grown man who will not take ownership. And so I think about that too, of like the overlap of being black and being religious, which I really love of like a lot of my black friends who were also raised really religious and also just I think in black culture, like you respect your parents, you do what they say, whatever. A lot of us too are now having this too, of like I don't need to talk to that parent. I would love to have a relationship with you. Like you explained with your mom of like, I would love to have a relationship with you, but I also understand that you have a commitment to this person you were with. And so if our relationship has to take a back seat for a while, I can also respect that. But I need you to understand my choice as well. You have made the choice to stay with this parent. I have chosen to remove myself. And I think that's so important as well because I don't think people talk and unpack that too of like the, the choice you make when you choose yourself when it comes to your parents. And then go ahead before I move on. <laughs> no, it's just like, yeah, that's true. Of, I mean... In, the, in those moments, like, I was, like, if they choose to have a relationship with me. But, you know, a lot of, a lot, the rest of 2021, a lot of 22, I didn't have a relationship with a lot of members of my family. Because, mm -hmm. you know, they were, like, oh, the divorce is your fault. Which, once again, that's insane. Mm -hmm. Like, that's insane. But they, you know, and they're also, like, well, I want to talk to you. But, like, he says if I talk to you. And I'm, like, look, you guys make your decisions. I'm not going to be here, like, telling you who to choose. or who not. It's not a sides thing. This isn't mm -hmm. me versus him. This is me saying, like, this person did really hurtful things to me. And I'm so sad. Mm -hmm. So deeply hurt. And that's... And, it, yeah, if you need to make a choice to appease him, then fine. You can do it. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like... I'm going to choose myself. And if you don't choose me too, I respect that. I mean, mm -hmm. I had to, at that point to be willing to like be by myself mm -hmm. as a yeah. family, which is not mm -hmm. easy yeah. and terrifying, but yeah. that's, I was willing to do it if it meant not having to be in a harmful relationship with the person who has yeah. like, who has caused ruled harm. my life yeah. and caused so much harm for so long. And it did feel like freedom, but freedom felt terrifying at sure. first. Yes. I was like, oh, God, what? yes. And you like, saying that what? too, like so much of my dad's family too. I didn't, 
I mean, we still really don't have a relationship outside of like my grandmother, my dad's sister, my aunt and I sort of, but like uh, outside of that, we, I really don't talk to my dad's side of the family. And it wasn't because like I was unreachable. It was just like, I'm not going to sway. You're not going to sway me. Like your family's like, well, he said this and you know, we have to pick sides. I'm like, you're all adults. I am 18. You are all well into your forties and fifties and sixties. What are we talking about that? You are now making me a child in the situation for sake of conversation be the bigger person versus asking that person who's doing the harm to be the bigger person and grow up. And so having to do it with my family and then in turn leaning so much into my friends and my, like my mom's side of the family, my godparents of like, I get to decide with my, what my family looks like. And you, mm-hmm. my, one of my dad's cousins who was his first cousin, my second cousin. So she's about his age, like in her fifties and sixties. She came to me one day. She's like, you are one of the most spoiled people I know. You turned your back on family. Yeah. We were always there for you. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. You, you only hang about, you only care about your friends and blah, blah, blah. And I looked at her in the face. I go, my mother took care of you and your son when your mother passed away. I'm like, she is turning in her grave that you're talking to her child in this way. And I yeah. hope you feel shame. Wow. How, I was like, how dare you try to cause this further harm? Like you're saying, I have already gone through enough. I am grieving. Do I hold my shit together? Absolutely, because I have survived the death of a parent. So me going through a quasi death of another parent, I know how to walk this walk, girl. Like, I know how to survive at 18 years old. Yeah. And so for her and my dad's sister, my aunt was like, you're so spoiled. You're the only 16-year-old I knew who had a car go because my fucking mother died. And if you don't think I would trade that car for in a heartbeat to have her her back, you are all, I'm like, you you can hang up and never call me again. Like, the amount of work I had to do on, not only was it my dad, but then my dad's side of the family of just being like setting boundaries, all them, like, you all can lose my number. None of us need to speak. And they are so big about optics. Oh, the optics of my dad's family Uh, of like, well, people can't know that we don't talk and go, well, how about you fucking fix your shit? And then we won't have to have people like, well, why do you care more about? Yes. And why do you care more about the optics than the actual relationship? Mm -hmm. Like, is that a joke? You know, my dad's dating again, which. Excuse me? Yeah. My dad's dating. Well, whatever he's doing, I don't even, you know, I hear it. We don't have enough time. We can't. Yeah, yeah. Like, I hear it very, like, third watered down versions. Okay, this is my dad goes on, he brings women to my grandma because my grandma's very, like, financially privileged. And and then they all go out to dinner. That's weird because my grandma's husband recently passed. I was like, wow, the codependency there, you could write chapters on him and his mom. Chapters. We we, we probably write a therapy book. Yeah, yeah, like chapters. Like, and I love his mom. She was a big part of my childhood. Absolutely. Both things could be true. Both things could be true. Chapters. And, like, he's, so he's dating again. And, like, you know, I am just like, mm. so he started to invite people over for a dinner party. My siblings, oh my one of them who doesn't even talk to the other one who that's their journey, but kind sure. of talks to them. And he invited them, his mom, the person he's dating, quasi dating, whatever it is. I don't mm-hmm. care to know. Sure. And my siblings for dinner at our childhood home that he lives in with this woman. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure that's a dinner party from hell. And like, sounds fun. Yeah, thank God I didn't get an invite. I was like, don't need one. But like, that's now, you know, like you had, you had to witness grieving as a teenager, your dad dating. And now I'm like 32 
watching, hearing third party that my dad is dating. My parents have been together since they were 22. So like, you know, and now he's like almost 60, I think. I would have to do math, but very close mm-hmm. to 60, like dating. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's like trying to invite people to dinner parties at my childhood home. Dinner party. Uh, you want to come to a dinner party? Mm. I'm, cool. Mm-mm. No. It, we need to pause there for a second too of like fathers dating. It's and disturbing. It's disturbing, number one. Number two. Gross. Also, like you're you're saying, your parents are together for over twenty years. Like, let's just do that math. Over thirty, because I'm thirty. Like, I was probably thirty when they, yeah, and they were together before they had me, like four years, four or five. So yeah, close to. Yeah, my parents were my parents were together for at least sixteen years before I was because they whatever, and then my dad was married. So my dad was married before my mom. Okay, got got separated. Met my mom. Okay. They dated. They had me. They got married when I was three. My mom dies when I'm 15, turning 16. My dad starts dating two months later. Damn, My no. father has not been single since his teens. No. My dad's almost 60. He's 57, I think, this year. 58. And I'm just like, that is also an interesting thing, too, of like me now, again, having gone to therapy. <laughs> done all the things of like now trying to look at him from a neutral party sometimes of being like i also feel so sad for you as a person who doesn't know how to be single and alone yeah and you know that's if my dad could have taken these opportunities right like oh his one daughter doesn't speak to him Mm -hmm. oh his wife left him oh she's serious she's their divorce Mm -hmm. oh his second child put a lot of boundaries up oh one of his children kind of talked to him okay why didn't you take the opportunity to do some self-reflection why concept why didn't you take some time to be like hey like what's happening what why did i end up like this Oh, no, instead you want to date? Like, what? Like Wild. Wild to me. Instead you want to date. And, like, your dad, it's like, he was grieving, obviously. But could you have taken space to grieve? No. You needed to date? Like, do you think you're mentally ready to do that? Like, what? I also talk about this with with Brittany. Of, like, as a person who I am constantly single. Not because I, I just... I don't believe in wasting time. I'm like, if it's not a yes, it's a no. Is how I feel about dating. Okay. And, you know, I'm really good about, like, when I am dating someone, I'm like, if I see this going anywhere or if I don't, like, I'm really good about that. Of like, I don't want to waste anybody's time. I think you're great, but I don't think we're a great match. Whatever. And I think about how this, I also think that's a, a, a daddy issue response, too, of like, mm-hmm. I am very proud of a person who knows herself because she's been single and has had to do the work to know herself in a way that like I know my mom did and I don't think my dad ever did I think my dad had his own daddy issues I think my dad now has been obviously grieving he's gone through a lot I will not take that from him of like of getting, di- getting divorced losing a wife losing a kid in me like now going through another going through another another divorce but I'm like sir if you look at your life like me I'm always like okay I am the common denominator and a lot of my issues what have I done like self-reflection I'm like, I don't think my father has ever even thought about what have I done <laughs> to get to where I am? Like, is there is there self-reflection anywhere in this? And like my dad's no. like, I won't go to therapy because I go to church, which I'm like, sure, dude. Um, 
Right. Oh, but, yeah, that's a whole other thing where people... We don't have the time. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's an and. That's an and. Yes. You can do both. Like, you can do both. Not It's not either or. Mm-hmm. It's an and. Yeah, my dad, yeah, he's like, he's Catholic. That's a whole other thing, oh, too. And he yeah. went back, you know, he got divorced and now he just goes back to his religion. And I'm like, okay, use your rosary. I do support that. You can use your rosary, but, you know, you can't use it enough to... That doesn't erase what you did. Yeah, like you need some self reflection, man. Like, let's, let's take, but I will never make him. And you know what? He doesn't have to for me. I don't even need him to do it for me. I wish that he would do it for him because I do think that would help in a lot of ways. But if he wants to live in denial, he can write his narratives and live deep in them. I just don't need to. He asked me to live in his narratives for so long and be in denial with him. And that's why I don't want a relationship with him because that is so unhealthy for me to live in denial with him. I will not do that anymore. And that's where we have just a fundamental disagreement of if I talk to you and I talk about my life in my childhood or like things come up, you're like, that didn't know. I'm like, but it did. It did. And how can I make you realize that it did if you don't want to look at it? So we're at an impasse. Talking about your childhood, I have been really lately talking and unpacking my relationship with my dad in my childhood of like, mm-hmm. I have now been going back to every moment where I told myself my dad was a good dad, like trying to remember him as a good dad. And I'm like, was he a good dad for me? Or was he a good dad so other people would tell him he was a good dad? See, that's where I think you have a little bit of a difference. Because like at 16, there was this loss. And then Mm -hmm. you had your... I never thought my dad was a parent. He was a provider. That's why I make that distinction. No, I I would agree. My dad was a provider. Like, I think I got to a certain age. My dad was like, okay, we're going from parent to provider. Because like, there there got to a point when I was really young, I was obsessed with my father. Like daddy's girl through and through like that was my shtick okay and there's this one snowstorm which my dad loves to tell the story of like what was it like i think if he came to my wedding he would tell the story if i had a wedding of like it was snowing and my i called my dad i was like i want to come home and he drove in the snow to my aunt's house like 20 30 minutes away to pick me up and drive me back home sure but it's that was when i was like three or four my father still to this day talks about this story and i'm like we get it it happened i was a baby like but then i think about like but who is this for is it to relive a good memory or is it to remind yourself that you're quote not a bad father because you did this thing of like i would have been fine if you kept i was at my aunt's house like nothing's gonna happen to me i was in mortal danger so i'm always so i think it's that and like i i I think of my dad the same way too like my mom was my parent my father was my provider like when my mom died my dad i knew how to run that that our house because of my mom laundry cooking clean like i knew how to run my mom was the oldest girl of five like yeah she knew siblings like she she knew what to do her youngest sister was 10 years younger than her like my mom had had, Uh, we had a very similar yeah. yeah she had pantomime parenthood when she was in her early 20s because she had a a younger sister yeah and so like i think about that too like my mom was my parent and so when my mom died and i was joking like my dad was like having an older brother like my dad wasn't a parent and so when my mom died and he tried to put rules in the place like i and i was like i don't take you seriously bro like i had no i was 16 i had a car no curfew (laughs) like there was never and yeah. luckily, like, I was, like, on my friends at curfew, so I, like, was very self-sufficient. Like, just went home. I wasn't, like, out in the streets. But I'm, like, you did not know how to be a parent. Like, 
you are a provider. You are a good provider. You are not a good parent. And I need him to understand that differential. Yeah, like, I really do think this is where, and this is where, like, so there's so much beauty in different experiences. Mm-hmm. And we can still get to the same place sure. with different ones. For me, it's different. For mm-hmm. me, it's, like, just really, really different. Because, yes, he was a provider, and I have privilege. I will acknowledge that 110%. His family had a lot of privilege. You know, that's been a part of my life for a long, for the whole life. He was a provider. My dad provided. I would, my dad never took me to the park. My dad barely ever picked me up from school. Yeah. My dad you know, it was my mom, it was my grandma's, it was, it was not my dad. My dad did not care for us. I could probably mm. count on, a, like, two hands how many times he picked me up from school. Maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. Didn't. He did, took us to the doctors, maybe if there's no other options, and he complained and probably abused us during mm. that trip because he was frustrated. Like, sure. my dad didn't care. There was no relationship built. He didn't Mm. hang out with us. He didn't develop a relationship with us. He provided, he had, he had reactions and he disciplined us. Mm. That was all my dad did. He Mm. did not have, you know, there's picture. He would bring one of my grandmas to like trips with us so that he could stay in the hotel and work. And my grandmas and my mom would hang out with us. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he didn't have a relationship with me that was anything other than a provider even when I was little if you asked my dad what my favorite color was he wouldn't know like he doesn't know anything about me from when I was young or now like he did not work to develop that sure at all so I don't feel any sense of like where you're like I was obsessed with my dad Mm -hmm. I was never my dad was scary my dad was this scary man who came in and made everything harder mm-hmm. and controlled our lives and withheld things from us and hurt us. My dad, you know, when my mom had a kid when she was in her, she's 40 years old, like who, who took care of that kid with her? Not him. Mm-hmm. Not him. It was me because that I wasn't given a choice. Like I, mm-hmm. he gave us, he provided. That was it he did not have a relationship with me. So I think that's why in some ways it's a little bit easier, not easy. It's complicated, but it is why I don't have those feelings of guilt of like, Oh, but what relationship would we have? Like we Mm -hmm. don't have one. There's not one to have. Right. Okay. Now that you're moving home, is there any expectations? Is there any space? And is there any guilt coming up? Cause I'm sure like you, (laughs) Good, good. <laughs> My um, grandma's pushing. His mom lives there, and I do talk to her. And, you know, she was a big part of my childhood. She definitely, she was so fun. She would like, she took us to the park. She, mm-hmm. like, you know, my parents, even my mom, she did take care of us, but like, she, she's an abusive relationship. Where's the yeah. space for joy? Sure. There she was wasn't. She was trying to survive. Yeah. She was trying to survive. So, you know, my grandparents were the only ones who would really like come in when they could. If my dad let him them see us, maybe. And then they would come in and she would take us to the parks and the library. You know, like, I've, mm-hmm. like, yeah. So she's giving me pressure. 
Definitely. She's like, oh, we're a small family and we're of immigrants and, you know, they live far away. So, like, we should do the repair work. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm okay. And I said, if you bring him to my place, we will not be talking. Mm -hmm. I will be very pissed at you. Do not do that. Uh, That cannot happen. Mm -hmm. So she's pushing and I'm sure I will have, it'll be an exercise in even more boundaries. But do I feel guilty? No. Like what, once again, what would we have a relationship? Like, what do you want to talk to me about? Mm -hmm. Like, I do not really care. Like, he just lectures people. Mm, I don't really think you know anything about my career. I don't think you know anything about marriage. I don't think that... I don't know what you're going to impart on me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. My dad's mom, I had to set the boundary with her of, like, we we can have dinner together. I will call you. We will talk. But we will not talk about your son. That I will make... I will end the conversation or I will leave like if we were out somewhere I would just straight up leave because I need you to understand the boundary I'm setting and she was really good about Christmas I saw her Christmas and she didn't bring him up oh yeah boundaries (laughs) I don't think that she's gonna respect it I think that I'm gonna have to make a stand and like I will I've been making stands for a very long time so like I will but what is good is like that my my mom is divorced from him Mm -hmm. my siblings and I can have a different relationship Mm -hmm. so Am I worried? Kind of, in the sense of, like, do I want to share the same air as him? Like, no. 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 But do I think that he'll do anything? Not really, because what is there to do? Like, Mm -hmm. you can try. We can try to have a relationship if he think Like, he would think that we could try to have a relationship, is what I mean. And And I would think I have so much other things to do. Which mm. this sounds, I think this could sound callous to some of your listeners that maybe have never experienced anything like this. I don't mean it that in a callous sure. way. I mean it in, I have to be firm because if I open a window, that's opening like, open a window, open a door, whatever you want to say. If I crack it, it's such a vulnerable thing for me and sets me back so deeply that mm. I just have to go, this is who he is. Mm-hmm. There is no hope between us. I haven't heard any improvements. So I just thought he doesn't exist to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And he can go live his life and date whoever he wants and do whatever he wants. And like, he'll be thriving, I guess, over there. And like, that's okay. okay. I just don't want to, I don't want to have a relationship with him. And that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think that's the most important thing. Like, that's okay, too. Like, you don't you don't owe anyone anything. No. no, because honestly, like, if I think about the dinner party, yes, it's a nightmare. But if I think about actually showing up to dinner with him, mm-hmm. what would we do? Stare at each other. He Just stare at each other. Right, and he would make some off-color joke, and he... Mm-hmm. And so I just, you know, what I hope your listeners get out of this is I hope that they feel empowered that if if it doesn't feel good for you, even if they're family and it's out of obligation, you are not mean, you are not cruel. You do not have to have a relationship that harms you over and over again because they're your blood. Mm-hmm. I You can move back home and you still don't 
have to have a relationship with him. If I had to call the cops on him, I would. That would be rough. And there would be a lot of conversations because of that. But I would. Like with his mom, there would be conversations. I would call the cops on him if I had to. And I will if I need to. And that's also like just the reality of sometimes when people don't respect your boundaries, you have to do what you have to do in order to make them understand, please stop. Yeah, that old saying of like boundaries and how we teach people how to love us. It's so true. Right. And if he came to me with a sincere apology and doesn't text me, oh, if I pay, if you said, I am sorry, if I am sorry for the parts that I played, I'm doing this reflection work. Here's what I'm doing. Here's how I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. I genuinely would love to get to know you if you would give me a chance. Mm-hmm. I just, I would, honestly, if he came to me with that. Sure. But he doesn't. So, I don't think that's on me. I don't think so either. You've you've made yourself available. Right. You're, op- you're open to it. It's The ball is in his court. If he comes to me in this way, and so, you know, why should we have to keep... Why? It's just... I can't keep doing the same thing with him and pretending he's different, because he's not. Mm-hmm. And so, well, you know... I think it will be hard to move home in that regard. Like, I am curious to see how he mm-hmm. handles things. And I'm sure he'll want to pretend we're some sweet little family. But we're not. And I think family can look a lot of different ways, as you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And something that I will say is I am so grateful that I married somebody who is really willing to back me up. They never say, talk to your parent because they're your parent. They never, like, I think that's also important if you're estranged from a family member and for anybody, like mm-hmm. any person in your life. But what I really find is a partner. Some people tell me not because they're trying to cause harm, but they're like, you should speak to your parent because they're getting older and they, they already had health complications. So like, who knows what could happen? That's not on me and I should not be the one responsible Absolutely. and I should not be guilt tripped. That is not on me. And I have a partner that really, he, they do not understand that. In therapy terms, they have a securely attached family. You know, they have their pieces like everyone, but not even they couldn't touch mm. what, I, what I've experienced. And they never question my experiences. They never say, are you sure? It couldn't have been that bad. Mm-hmm. Why don't you talk to them? They're your dad. Mm-hmm never says that to me and I think that's also really important if you're estranged is that you have someone who gets it not gets it where like they fully understand it they don't have to be estranged but gets it where they say okay if you feel that's just best for you they validate and support they support and they don't question Mm -hmm. and don't push and give you the space to make your own decisions Well, thank you for coming back. Every time you come on, I'm like, I, it, I could talk to you for days on end. Like, <laughs> no. I'm like, do we start a therapy podcast? Not that I have any free time. But I'm like, mm, is this it? <laughs> I, know, I know. Not a therapist, it's... but I've always thought about being a therapist. Like, oh, is this it? So, yeah. It's a journey, but it's worth it. Uh, 
Uh, as you know, at the end of every show, I ask my guests a final palate mm-hmm. cleanser sort of question. Mm-hmm. And the question is, what is the best advice you were ever given? Or what is a piece of advice you would give to your younger self? Which are always such like good, deep, thought-provoking Thank questions. You. Yes. Something that I would say to my younger self is, it's okay to be upset. It's okay to show that you're hurt. It's okay to say no. It Just like this whole conversation, like for so long, I didn't think it was okay to show that I was hurt or that I was upset or I wouldn't say no and I would just do things out of obligation. But it's okay to say no. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you should. Don't keep sacrificing yourself for the at the expense of others. It's going to really hurt. And I wish my younger self like gave herself permission to do that. That's it for this week's episode of The Tea with Brie. Be sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at The Tea with Brie. Send me an email at theteawithbrie at gmail.com or visit the website, theteawithbriepodcast.com. You can find me, your host, Brianna Jenkins, on Instagram at Brianna Jenkins. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. A special thanks to Mama Duke for our theme music, and I will catch you next time. Bye.